It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Touchdown! I did it! Eric France and Jason Walker on a very busy Thursday here on the Full Court Press. News breaking earlier this afternoon. Donovan Mitchell traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Utah gets some young players and future assets in three unprotected picks, 2025, 27, and 29. So Utah now has, checking notes, 13 future draft picks. They could have more. I don't think this team is done, um, but it's been a, it's been a busy offseason for the Utah Jazz. There was drama in Brooklyn, but it's probably fair to say that there has been more talk about the Utah Jazz this offseason than I can remember in a long, long time. Among any NBA team, it seems like the Utah Jazz have been discussed just about as much as anybody because of the deals that they're making and potential deals that could or should be made. Yeah, it was pretty much... The Nets and Lakers, you know, the Nets because of Kevin Durant, the Lakers because of Russell Westbrook and just because they're the Lakers. And then, you know, maybe they're in kind of their own little top tier, but then, like, right below them or maybe even on par with them, you had the Knicks and the Jazz because of the Donovan Mitchell trade talks. So it has been interesting to hear the Jazz actually talked about. Donovan Mitchell talked about by, you know, by the the national media. Ruby Gobert suddenly... Uh, respected in a different classification yeah. of, of uh, what a great player he is. Like, Where was that respect when he was in a Jazz uniform and now he gets traded and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, look at this awesome player. But when he was in Jazz uni, oh, he has all these shortcomings and all these faults. Yeah, he's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year again after making Minnesota the best defense in the league. Uh, that's, that's a very likely scenario. It's possible, yeah. Uh, yeah, very possible scenario next year. Um, to be honest, though, I'm just loving today because there was a part of me that was really starting to just hope the Jazz would just trade Donovan to anybody except the Knicks just to watch Knicks Twitter burn. <laughs> and it is, actively, down. <laughs> it is actively on fire right now. Oh, yeah. Um, going back to, you know, the old takes exposed account, you know, just to look at a bunch of people saying, oh, nobody can match what the Knicks are going to offer and, you know, nobody's got what they can offer. And it's like, well, sure enough, somebody did. And looking at uh, some of the reports, uh, Shams Sharania, his report um, not too long ago was that the Knicks' final offer, basically, was R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a couple unprotected firsts. Maybe they would have thrown a pick swap in there. I don't know. That seemed to be the, the basis of their final offer, which is... Not a good offer, because I don't even like R.J. Barrett. Emmanuel quickly is okay. And then two unprotected firsts? Like, no. And and the Knicks are all all up on their high horse, being like, nobody can beat what the Knicks have. The Jazz got a a guy with borderline all-star potential, maybe even all-star potential, 
probably going to end up being like a borderline all-star for most of his career. You know, high-level scorer. They get, you know, a solid role player in Markkinen, guy who can stretch the floor as a as a power forward and some versatility. Yep. And then a guy who's just picked number 14 overall, a high-level 3 and D prospect. And then three unprotected firsts and a couple of pick swaps. So yeah. like, how did Danny Ainge for sticking to his guns? It, look, Utah realized Donovan Mitchell is a he's a multi-time All-Star. He's a slam dunk champion. He's an exciting player. He's you know great in the community. He's not publicly making a stink about all of this. He's a great player to have on your roster. The Jazz value Donovan Mitchell. They're not trying to get rid of him, but if you want him, this is the price you need to pay to get him. And I think that there was maybe some growing thought out in the NBA that, oh, he's not, you know, the Jazz are doing a teardown rebuild. We can get Donovan Mitchell probably cheaper than what they want to do. And Danny Ainge stuck to his guns, and Justin Zanuck, and they're like, no, this is the price. He's a great player. If he doesn't go, we'll welcome him back. But if you want him, this is what we need in return, and we will not yield from that. Yeah, and it looked like, you know, aside from the Knicks fan base, which had a growing arrogance of Leon's going to force Danny Ainge to do what Leon wants to do, the Knicks seemed to have that same arrogance in that they were just negotiating from the perspective. You know, this, this is some reports from other people seem to be negotiating from the perspective of, well, nobody else is going to offer you, so we're just going to give you what, you know, we're going to give you what we're going to give you, and you're going to like it. And that that's not how you negotiate. <laughs> so the, the Knicks need to read Negotiating 101, as do their fans. Like, if you pretend to have leverage, it doesn't actually give you any leverage. If you don't pay the price that's on the sticker – you don't get the merchandise. <laughs> this is what happens. Somebody else came and bought it. I know it's rude to compare a human being to merchandise, <laughs> and that can be very dangerous territory for me well. for a number of reasons, but it's a metaphor. But Yeah, it's a metaphor. But clearly it, New York was, was reading their own, uh, their own echo chamber. Like, oh, we can offer more than anybody else? Okay, we're in the best position. We are the only team... Utah can deal with. So, you know, we'll play this out. And uh, Jazz aren't moving off their off their deal, so uh, let's give them a false deadline. You have to do it by this deadline or else we're going to sign R.J. Barrett to an extension. Blink, blink. Jazz don't do anything. They don't move. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now what do we do? And in comes Cleveland. It's a dark horse. Look, Charlotte was an outside chance. Miami... Washington, but give credit to uh, to Cleveland keeping it on the down low, and uh, coming together with something that works for both parties. That's a that's an up and coming franchise, multiple All Stars. They made the playoffs last year. Not really prepared for it because they hadn't been there a long time. It's a young team. Now they get somebody on their squad who knows what it takes to play at a higher level. Cleveland should be a a home court advantage team in the Eastern Conference next year. Yeah, they'll be a really exciting team, and that's one of the things with you know, this offseason is that I don't like that this era of the Jazz has to end. I really enjoyed it. For all the playoff failures, I did enjoy it. Uh, but one of the things I do like is that I'm going to root for Minnesota next year. 
I, it's really intriguing what they have going on there with Gobert and, and Towns and Anthony Edwards and uh, it's based on their point guard's name. Uh, the well, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, that's the guy I was thinking of. D'Angelo Russell. Like the, guy, the guy who'd been with the Lakers and then the the, the Nets and whatnot. So, yeah, they, they've got some intriguing pieces. Um, And Gobert kind of fills a hole that they have in terms of not being as great a defensive team. And then the Cavs, they were already an exciting young team. And without giving up really too much of what made them exciting, you know, last year they were exciting without Colin Sexton. Markkinen was kind of part of that, but it was more Mobley, Allen, and um, uh, uh, Garland, Darius Garland. Um, and then they, they traded a rookie. So most of what made Cleveland exciting, they, they retain pretty much all of it, and they add Donovan Mitchell to it. So I, I really i am going to keep an eye on both Cleveland and Minnesota. Going to root for them because I still like Mitchell and Gobert. Um, so I'll I'll be kind of rooting from from outside the stadium. Be like, oh, do good. I'll be rooting for my Jazz to to be bad, <laughs> <laughs> while you guys go off and uh, you know play it trying to make a championship. And it'd be exciting. The, the, the coolest thing ever would be if Minnesota and Cleveland face each other in the finals. That would be amazing. Would that be something? It won't happen, but it'll be. It'd be really fun. Uh, so Minnesota makes its first trip to Utah in uh, December on December 9th. Uh, and remember, Jazz Knicks on TNT. <laughs> <laughs> that's still happening. That's, Actually, they might get bumped off. To be honest, uh, that's true. November fifteenth. Uh, yeah, because they. Can, I think they can do that. They can bump them off if they want to. Trade them. <laughs> Jazz make a trip to Cleveland on Monday, December nineteenth. And Cleveland makes the return trip to Utah on Tuesday, January 10th. That's almost on my birthday. But not quite. But not quite. Okay. So your reactions to the deal and what's happened here, the end of an era, really. I mean, Quinn Snyder was the first domino to fall. Yep. Then they traded Rudy Gobert. Now they've traded Donovan Mitchell. It is truly a new era. And there'd be new uniforms and everything. <laughs> it's a new look for yeah. the Jazz in more ways than one. It's going to be a good thing that the years the Jazz are terrible are the years they play in the terrible jerseys. <laughs> 20 years from now, we're going to be like, holy cow, that was like the worst thing ever. They went like 29 and whatever the, the amount of losses is. They won 29 games, played in the worst jerseys ever, and then they won a championship. <laughs> then they started to turn it around. Yeah, that, that's what I'm hoping to have in like 20 years. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Your reactions to the trade today? A uh, bit of a, a lengthy one here from two nine four seven. So hang with us. Oh geez. You gotta love Donovan and all he has done for us. He gave us so much after Hayward wrecked us. However, if any Jazz fan is honest, we knew Mitchell was going to be gone in the next year or two. Also, Mitchell likely wasn't the player to get us a shot at a ring. This way, we actually get an insane value for Mitchell. Now Mitchell gets to be a franchise superstar and make the all-star game again, uh, play with Ricky, etc. Killer trade. Just hope the Jazz can make a finals run with all these assets in the next few years. As as sad as it is to rebuild and end this incredible team and era, at least we know the front office is really focused on bringing Utah a ring. All I want is the Jazz to win one championship before I die. Is that too much to ask? I don't know if I could have said it much better myself. I thought that was that sums up a lot of my feelings, you know, for for Mitchell and Gobert. They gave us really, you know, really good times. 
weren't going to win us a ring. So we rebuild. It's a huge if. The Jazz may end up being bad for 10, 15 years and never capitalizing on all the assets. You never know. Uh, there have been teams, <laughs> the Timberwolves have been going forever with great assets all the time. And they never do anything. The Kings too. So it's always a big what if when you just pile up assets. All they are are a bunch of 12-year-olds right now. They'll be 19-year-olds <laughs> in a few years. And then they may never turn into great all-NBA 25-year-olds. Uh, interesting note here. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert made the all-star team this past season. And uh, both are out of Utah this offseason. Since 1980, this has only happened one other time, when a pair of all-star teammates get traded following their all-star appearance. Can you guess who those players were and on which team they played for? I'm trying to think. Is it after 2000? Yes. So a pair of teammates who made an all-star game, who were selected to the all-star team, and that following offseason, both were traded. Is it Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett? More recent than that. More recent than that? Oh. That didn't. There's only one other time that it's happened. So it was, was I'll give you a hint. Happened in 2019. Not that long ago. I want to say Paul George and Russell Westbrook. That is correct. Okay. I wasn't sure if they were traded in the same offseason, so I was kind of doubting myself. That is correct. That's, that's the only other time that's happened since 1980. Jeez. Well, and yes, signaled the, the rebuild for the Thunder. That's And true. they got a haul of picks and are still getting hauls of picks. They're still flipping guys, although now their guys keep getting injured. Yeah, but it's as... It's been a slow process for Oklahoma City. I mean, they were uh, second to dead last last year. Um, so please don't tell me Utah is going to go through the same fate. You trade away your all-stars, and you're going to have three, four years at the very bottom of the league. That's what happened to the 76ers. It's happening to the Thunder. It's happened. It was happening to the Timberwolves. They're on their way up. Cleveland, I think, only went through one or two super bad years this last time. Um, so, like I said, three, four years of not good. Not unless there's a, you know, if they draft a rookie who's really good right away. Um, the Thunder haven't landed on that. You know, Chet Holmgren, he's not even going to play this year. True. So, they're going to have another tank here. <laughs> there's, so, there's just kind of bad luck. I guess the 76ers were kind of the same way because both Embiid and Simmons missed years. So maybe the Jazz have injury luck, and if they have luck with hitting on a superstar with one of their picks, they could skip a year of being really bad. They're going to have four or five years of winning less than 40 games. Like Keep that in mind. They Maybe one of those years they win like 42. They go like 500. Well, there's also a possibility that we need to consider here that the Jazz may not use all that future draft capital just to draft young players yeah. to keep adding to the roster. They may use that as trade opportunities to get a free agent, or not a free agent, but a player who's developing that can come in and, based on the Will Hardy system, fits a need, 
that helps this team become competitive quicker. Yeah, that is actually the ideal. The ideal would be use those three 2029 picks and the 2028 pick and maybe like a 2030 pick because then by then you'll be able to trade it. Um, you use those to do just what you said. Bring in like a, you know, a player on another team to fill a need or, you know, add like a third star. Maybe you manage to draft a star next year with one of those picks. Maybe land a hit in either 2024 or 2025. And then you have your two. You're developing them for a couple of years. Then you bring in the last piece, fill in with free agents, and there you go. That's your title contending team. That would actually be the ideal situation, and it's a lot more likely to do that than to land like three or four stars through the draft because it is really hard to hit on one star, much less two. You don't want to have to hit on three. So you're all right. You know, trading these way down the road picks, you know, being able to use them as trade assets is better than having to rely on them because, again, that's six, five, seven years down the road. You don't want to still be tanking five to seven years down the road. So, yeah, true. Uh, four seven eight one, Boozer and Williams. Yeah, he was guessing. He he didn't quite get it. You no, know, uh, that's surprising. Only once. And Boozer wasn't traded. He just went to Chicago, I believe. Yeah, Boozer left as a free agent. Uh, Williams was traded, but um, yeah, only one other time. A pair of teammates who were All Star selectees traded in the offseason together since 1980. Pretty crazy. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, so Utah has a lot of future capital. Uh, they've got some really interesting young players to develop. and uh, But there are some other veteran players on this roster. We're still good players. Will they integrate with this youth movement? Or are they going to be on the way out as well? That could be another interesting chapter in this offseason for the Utah Jazz that's not likely done. There could be more movement and likely to see that now start to uh, more of those rumors start to percolate a little bit more now that the Mitchell deal is done uh, over the next, I would probably guess, week to 10 days. And then teams are probably going to start slowing things down to try to figure out really who they have as training camps is really not that far away. Yeah. It's possible that Conley ends up being a trade deadline piece. Boyan... It's hard to say he'd be a, you know, if he weren't on an expiring contract, he'd be a lot more likely to be a trade deadline, you know, commodity. But at the trade deadline at that point, you're looking at buying 30 games of Boyan Bogdanovich, which is a lot less appealing than the one-year rental, which is already kind of iffy in terms of its appeal. Right, but if you're a if you're a team that's uh, competing and you've got an injury or you just need that last little piece to help you over the edge, there's definitely an incentive there to get a guy like Boyan. Yeah, and if you're confident you can re-sign him, that's another thing. Um, so there are some circumstances where a team would want to trade for Boyan, but he is also a lot less valuable at that point. So if you're going to trade him, you know, Boyan, you'd like to trade him now. Clarkson could actually be a really interesting trade deadline piece because he's on a decent um, contract. A few more years left. And so he's a guy who could be a scoring spark for a team that's maybe got a struggling bench, and you know they trade a couple of assets, <coughs> and then they bring in Clarkson. Kind of like what the Jazz got with Clarkson anyway. Of course, he's more valuable than Clarkson was back then. That at the the price would be higher than a bust in a couple of seconds. Yeah. 
Um, so he could end up helping a team much like he came in and helped the Jazz. Um, but the point from 6391 who just texted in, um, I should probably read the text before I say something. Well, I saw the previous, so the Jazz need to cut two players. They have 17, can only have 15. I could see a three-for-one deal like JC or Jordan Clarkson, Conley, and Bogey for Westbrook and two firsts. says, I hope not, though. To be honest, I hope so. I'd love to see the Jazz get both of the Lakers picks. It seems unlikely that they get both of them, but a man can dream. Right. I think it's becoming increasingly uh, possible that the Jazz trade for Russell Westbrook. Um, not that he's going to play a, a single game in a Jazz uniform. Yeah, he will not play. For, he will not play for the Jazz. They may but trade for him, but he will never play because of where they are with their salary, with their roster, and to make things work and to get future picks uh, as well, um, and to solve and really for the Lakers to solve some of their needs. I could see that becoming much more of a possibility, but um, we'll see. Uh, the next seven to ten days could be very interesting still for the Utah Jazz. Uh, another time out here on the Full Court Press. Love to continue to get your reactions to the trade today. U- uh, Utah Jazz sending Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for Laurie Markkinen, rookie wing uh, Ache Ogbaji, uh, who was just drafted this summer out of Kansas with the 14th overall pick, and uh, guard Colin Sexton, who actually was part of a sign-in trade to make it all work. Uh, but uh, and the the other part of this, too, is that Utah gets three unprotected first-round picks in 2025, 27, and 2029. So a lot of future uh, draft capital for the Utah Jazz between the Royce O'Neal trade, the Rudy Gobert trade, and now the Donovan Mitchell trade. They may not be done. Uh, coming up, we'll be getting into Utah State Aggies on the road. At Alabama this weekend, some of our score predictions, other things we think uh, might happen over the course of the game Saturday night in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Love to get your score predictions and things you'd like to see on Saturday when you watch the game on the SEC Network, 435-339-0321. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity, discover animals from around the world, and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. 
Have you thought about your furnace lately? Of course not. It's hot outside. Now's a great time to start thinking about replacing it or having it serviced for fall and winter. Advanced Heating and Air will help you get some of the industry's best rebates on a new high-efficient York furnace installed in your home. Or one of Advanced Heating and Air's service professionals can service your furnace for the upcoming winter season. Call today, 752-7272, or schedule a free estimate at advancedheating-ac.com. York, install confidence. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think Young drive young they never could play it but they sure can talk about it eric franson and jason walker on the full court press grantham mobile automotive is fast and affordable they'll come to you whether your vehicle's at your home or left it stranded at work or left you stranded at school or even at a local business, call 435-229-4345, 435-229-4345. Grantham Mobile Automotive, come to you, get you back out on the road. Uh, before we get to Utah State and Alabama with our score predictions and game predictions, which uh, continue to invite you to weigh in on that, 435-339-0321. On our text line, I want to get to some of the texts that have come through. Uh, this is from 8920. Can you explain the difference between protected and unprotected draft picks for those who may not know, asking for a friend? Yeah, so we covered this last hour, and uh, you may have missed it, and that's fine. But the, um, a protected pick means, like, uh, the Jazz have a protected pick from Minnesota in 2029. And what that means is... If the draft lottery happens and uh, Minnesota ends up with the any pick between one and five, they get to keep that pick. But if it falls anywhere outside of that, that's Utah's pick to use. So uh, Utah really only has one protected pick in all of the, the, the trades that have been happening with Utah, and that's in 2029 from the Timberwolves protected between picks one and five so that's uh that's what a protected pick means teams can put various different rules on how they want to protect them and it doesn't have to be a set number every time but utah has been very adamant that if you want donovan mitchell we need unprotected picks and uh, new york was unwilling to give as much as utah wanted but cleveland was so they're the new dance partners Pretty much, and the Knicks get left in the dark. To uh, the one thing I saw is they have three hundred and forty million dollars invested in three players: Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and Julius Randle. Three hundred and forty million dollars. Oh wow! Which is embarrassing on uh, a team that did not make the playoffs last year. Yeah. Um, by the way, one text. Uh, I don't know if you missed this one. He said if the Jazz trade for Westbrook. The fan base might just boycott. Did you read that one? Oh, I missed that one. Okay. I looked at it, so you probably didn't see that it was a new one. 
Uh, but basically, yeah, the fan base might do a boycott. Even if he never plays, that's black mold you just don't want to touch. <laughs> or you just don't touch. I don't uh, think there were a lot of Jazz fans excited about Patrick Beverly. I knew one. But. I don't know why but, he was excited. But if if Utah trades for Westbrook, it's not because they intend to put him in a Jazz uniform. Yeah. They, they'd boycott if he played for them. If if bringing in Westbrook and buying him out lands the Jazz another first-round pick or two, I'd celebrate it. Yeah. And then joke around about Jazz legend Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and that'd be the end of it, and I wouldn't care. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 1570, I like the trade. I don't believe Donovan is a true number one. I like the direction the Jazz are going. feel like with the players and the picks, it might be a little quicker rebuild. Yeah, it's possible. Uh Maybe Sexton will help. The, the thing is that you want to get into a position where you can draft a star. And tanking seems to be a good way to do that. But then you do want to have a good way to get out of tanking really quickly. And that's the hardest part. Is team can, teams can tank and get good players. But it's hard to get out of that. See also the Kings, Timberwolves, Knicks, Magic, and others. So Utah, in, well, 2023, next year. The Jazz will have three first-round picks, their own, one from the Brooklyn Nets, and one from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Will any of those three be lottery picks or even high lottery picks? Uh, The Jazz may be. The Jazz will be. The other two will be. Not so much. But that doesn't necessarily mean the Jazz take three players in the first round. They could trade away some of those to move up to get and target somebody that they really want. Yeah, they could wind up uh, trading those last two second-round picks that'll be in the the mid. Because actually, the, it's not exactly the Knicks or the Nets pick. It's like the least favorable between the Nets, Philadelphia, and Houston. So the worst of those three picks, uh, which could end up being the Nets or Philadelphia. So mid to late twenties, and then Minnesota's mid to late twenties. Um. They could trade those and trade up to you know sixteen through nineteen ish. Teens, yeah. yeah. They could end up grabbing somebody there, and you can find usually they're good role players that are in that range. Another guy like Abaji, um, probably not a star unless you get really lucky, but you know, it might be better than two guys at you know twenty five and twenty seven who are maybe going to be good role players, as opposed to the guys in the sixteen to nineteen who are you're confident they can be good role players. Right, this this year's uh, draft class in 2023 is being reported as one of the most talented and deep draft classes in quite some time. Uh, so Utah may decide to keep all three of their picks. I think they said the same thing about this year's draft. Uh, yeah, well, a little bit. Not the same. It it is higher than this year because they have uh, Victor, the the French guy, who's I'm iffy on. We'll see. But then there's like two or three other guys who you'd say could be first-round picks in weaker drafts. So, yeah, still to be determined. Yeah. Uh, 5338 for entertainment purposes only. I checked the money line odds last night for the football game against Alabama, and the line for the Aggies was plus 25,000. I saw one that was. Seems really high. Is it 1,700 or 17,000? This is the same guy who said he's going to put 100 bucks on the. Or on, the Aggies, right? Uh, I think this is a different person. No. Yeah, that's a lot of money. The odds are not in Utah State's favor. No, no, they're not. 
Not in, not in any way. Uh, four seven eight one. Also, Russell Westbrook kind of looks like the long list fifth ninja turtle. In my opinion, long lost fifth ninja turtle. He also said long uh, lost fifth ninja turtle. Yeah, he also okay. said just before that because he's the one that said that the Jazz fan base might boycott. He said I'd boycott if they just traded for him, unless they forced him into permanent retirement and a public apology for being such a jerk and a baby to Jazz fans. <laughs> He does not like Russell Westbrook not very much. Not a fan. Like, I no. thought I was kind of a bit of a Russell Westbrook hater. This guy, man, I don't hold a candle to this guy. New level. Uh, let's see, 7854. Uh, let's see, unless they get absolutely embarrassed, there's no downside to the Alabama game. It'll be great for recruiting, great experience for uh, the players. Uh, maybe that was a previous text from the other day. But, okay, we'll get that. I get that. Um no, actually, this was yeah, today. Yeah, that wasn't today. today. He okay. sent two texts. So this it, is... it will be great for recruiting, great experience for the players, and give USU some more national recognition. The only thing that would make it better is if we could hear Keith Jackson saying, Welcome to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. That's only if that uh, cool. Logan Bonner gets absolutely lit up on, like, the first play of the game. Welcome to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> also, you also have to consider who's going to be available in the draft, who's leaving early, Questions are there. Solid seniors coming out. Uh, yeah, and, and looking at uh, future draft class for the Utah Jazz. It's not the seniors. It's the one-and-done guys. Those are the high-potential ones. The solid seniors are the Agbajis of the world, the guys who are going to be role players. Those are the guys they're trading 25 and 27 to get into the teens for are the really good seniors. Yeah. Because seniors... <laughs> People don't like drafting seniors anymore. They're too old. Right. They're already, like, Agabaji's already 22 years old. Uh, 2947, putting $100 on the Aggies to beat Bama is a great way to waste $100. Donate it to Cash Valley Media. Come on. I like that idea. Wow, yeah, come on. It's a great idea. You should all donate $100 to Cash Valley Media Group. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right, uh, we're actually a little long. We have more texts coming through than we anticipated. So we're going to take a timeout right now. We are going to shift to predictions for Utah State and Alabama. We'll give predictions for the weekend as well with our pick six. Stay tuned. That's coming up next. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I'm Matt Neverett. This week in the Mountain West, we'll preview the 2022 season in both the Mountain and West divisions. Can Utah State repeat or will Boise State bounce back? Can Air Force run their way to the title? Who will survive the gauntlet that is the West Division and who could surprise us this season in 2022? It's all this week here on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. This is Ryan at My Mattress. The Labor Day sale, our biggest sale of the year, is in full swing right now. Come in and choose from the two world's best beds, Intellibed and Tempur-Pedic. Get up to $1,500 off these beds. Up to five years, no interest financing, and no sales tax. 90-day sleep guarantee and 90-day price guarantee. Queen start at just $239. Special truckload latex mattresses only at My Mattress. The Labor Day sale. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? 
Summer is cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon, you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the Howe, and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl that might just lead to that extra special moment at Jarek's Fine Jewelry, Cash Valley's engagement ring store where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. I, I'm, I love the idea of, of testing yourself against the best. We all do. That's why we get into this. But the best thing I can do as a head coach is prepare our team to play their best ball. Um, you know, that, that, that's really keep it, keep it within what we can control. So if we go out, regardless of the score, if we go out and play our best game, then I've done my job. That's Blake Anderson earlier this week as Utah State is preparing to take on Alabama, Tuscaloosa, on uh, really on a Saturday night in the Deep South. Uh, game will be uh, 5 o'clock on SEC Network which means KVNU game day coverage will begin at 3.30 um, here on the fan. That was 4. Oh, sorry. It's a 5.30 kickoff, isn't it? Yeah. 5.30 kickoff. I got that rearranged. Did you say 5 o'clock kickoff? Yeah, I think no. I got that backwards. <laughs> but yes, it's 7.30 uh, local time, I think, but 5.30 mountain time. I'm, all, I'm thinking Eastern. And, yes, it's a 5.30 kickoff hour time, which means a 4 o'clock pregame for KVNU game day. Feel free to tune in at 3.30. Yeah, that's fine. You'll have to wait a half hour for, up to, it. to hear, but you know. We'll have it simulcast here on the fan. Uh, you'll hear exclusive audio and interviews um, and exclusive content with Al Lewis, Craig Hislop. You may hear me on there a little bit. Um, and then afterwards, after the game is over, we'll be on the air again, breaking down what happened. Ryan Bohm will be in studio, a former football player who has played on that field, has been there as a fan. And we'll hear from some former players who uh, will be there. Kyle and Zach Van Leeuwen are making the trip, and they'll be chiming in. They'll join the show afterwards to give their observations and uh, love to get calls from fans, too, who watch the game either in person or on TV and get your reactions to the game. So now we give our predictions as to how we think things might play out on Saturday. Uh, before we get a score, Jason, what things do you want to see from the Utah State Aggies against a, an opponent that really doesn't have – 
many weaknesses. Well, what do I want to see is different from what I think I will see. Uh, what I want to see is the pass game being solid. I'd, I'd love to see the run game do well, but I don't have much confidence in the run game at all uh, against this Alabama team. But I think, and I kind of explained this uh, yesterday, basically, or whenever you were gone, I can't remember when that was. Tuesday. Tuesday. Basically, I think, you know, Logan Bonner can have a decent game as far as getting a few chunk plays. I think if Utah gets a couple of scores, it will come on drives where Utah State makes some big plays, uh, you know, get some chunk plays in the pass game. You know, a deep pass to Cobbs or maybe a breakaway run, a good catch by McGriff, or maybe stringing a couple of 10, 12-yard passes together get themselves in field goal range, or even a touchdown maybe late in the game, depending. So I'd like to see that. I'm on defense. I'd just like to see them at least try and pressure Bryce Young. You've got some good edge rushers on this team. I think they can at least cause some problems, at least sometimes, with Bryce Young. A good Utah State game will inevitably involve them constantly pressuring Bryce Young, but it'll depend on what degree they can manage that. But I'd like to see... Good stuff out of our passing game and us disrupting their passing game with our pass rushers. Yeah, those are very similar to me, too. I, I, I'd like to see that. Um, the, I think Utah State has an advantage with its speed on its defensive front. I don't think they're going to like overpower that Alabama offensive line. So their speed to get around the edges and the corners will have to be their strength. And I think that Utah State's equipped to do that. Um, and what lessons were learned last week? being perhaps maybe over-aggressive in pursuing the quarterback, which ended up creating bigger lanes for the running game. So being able to contain the running game the best that they can, uh, that's going to be a big key for me uh, For on defense. Offensively, let Logan Bonner finish the game healthy. Uh, <laughs> he's a guy who's already rehabbing his knee. He's not – I don't think he's 100%, even though he says he's healthy and he feels fine. Uh, you don't want your your star quarterback, number one player, out in, in, within your second week of the football season. Got to keep him clean the best that they can. It won't be easy, but that means a, a quick passing game. So that those wide receivers going to have to run quick, clean routes because I don't think he's going to have a lot of time in the pocket. He's not he doesn't have the escapability. He can't outrun guys. He's not a um, you know a a guy who's going to escape and, and scramble. So quick pass game is going to have to be important, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on the wide receivers. And I, I think they're up to the task. Can that yield a lot of points from Utah State? I don't know that I'm going to go there, but I'd like to see them get some, get some momentum and some rhythm going, which I think is possible. I think it is possible. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see at least two scores out of Utah State, whatever they be. Um, maybe even three. Get up into the high teens at least. Make it maybe sort of competitive at some point. Maybe early in the first half before Alabama probably just pulls away. Um, so yeah, if they can get into some rhythm on offense, that'd be good. And that'd be a good sign because it means that, you know, you know it'll show good things for the run game and the passing game that they can at least sort of perform against the very best. And so when you're facing, you know, the not so very best, you know, back in the Mountain West, you'll probably do fine against all that competition and probably end up being close to contending for a Mountain West championship. Uh, one thing that's been discussed ever since he arrived on campus is, oh, Xavier Williams, 
He was a wide receiver for Alabama. He's probably going to be excited to go up against his old team. Here's a guy who played in the SEC championship. He played in the conference football playoffs. And then for whatever reason, things didn't work out in Alabama, and he transfers to USU. But Blake says, look, don't read too much into that. That, you know, his situation going back home against his old team, it's really it's kind of getting overblown. He's just trying to factor in for us. He played, he played some special teams the other day, played a couple snaps on offense. You know, this guy that hadn't played ball in a year and a half due to an injury. I, I think he's just trying to get his legs underneath him and get on the field. Uh, I, I don't think it has anything to do with play. I mean, obviously, you love to go back against your, your old teammates and your old friends and play well, but I think his challenge right now is just getting back on the field and playing at the level he's, he's comfortable and capable of playing at, and, and he's just not there yet. So Alabama has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I was a little surprised we didn't see more of him last Saturday. Uh, I know there's other wide receivers that have shown like they're they're getting utilized more uh, in the practices and in the scrimmages. Uh, I think that he has an opportunity still ahead of him at USU. But, yeah, here's a guy who was out of the game of football for like a solid year, and that's not something you just waltz right back into. So, yeah, it would be great to see him in this game Saturday, but... He's not there yet. I think other wide receivers are ahead of him, and I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, he may be a guy who has to wait a little bit. I don't know how many years left he has of eligibility. I don't know if it's one, two, or maybe even three. He spent like three years at Alabama, would have redshirted, and I maybe got a medical redshirt for uh, missing last year. He may have to wait a little bit because he clearly hasn't broken the depth chart here. Part of that may be from you know returning from injury. Some of it may just be lack of rhythm in returning from injury. Um, I wasn't surprised we didn't see him in the last game, largely because of where it looked like he was on the depth chart in the first two scrimmages. I was a little surprised that he hadn't worked as you know in the scrimmages like where's Xavier Williams. I was thinking he maybe be a little bit higher, maybe just behind Cobbs or McGriff. He's just not really in the top four or five in the depth chart. So, you know, by the first game I wasn't surprised, but I was hoping he'd be a little bit better. Um, he, I believe, he even got some some votes on the top 25 Aggies that we did. Did he yes, make the he top did. 25? Uh, I think or, he did. Or, well. He got votes. I can't remember. Uh, all, no, I don't uh, have the sheet in yeah, here. Yeah, the, the lists aren't in front of us. Maybe I could pull it up on my phone. But, yeah, he got votes. Maybe even made it at the back end. Um, but there are people who were hopeful for him. And he may have to wait a year to jump in and be one of the top wide receivers. Just have some more time to work his way into being his best, you know, his best self. Uh, he, number 19 on our list. Yeah, so yeah, we were we had a lot more expectations for him. Him and, you know, John Gentry and some others who maybe through no fault of their own are not going to live up to some of the hype that we had for him. But we keep saying this. We can't overreact to just that one game against UConn. Let this a few games play out before we really see what this team's like in their depth chart. Yeah, especially Gentry because he can come back and may retake that backup unless we see another good game from Briggs in which case he'll start challenging Tyler for the starting <laughs> job <laughs> all right couple of texts related to this specific topic 7854 says I want to see Utah State hold their own in the trenches Bama 41 USU 13 okay uh, I could live with that um, did in 5338 did we ever find out the exact nature of Xavier Williams injury 
Um, no. I have not heard the exact nature of his injury. I have not. The one that ended his season last year? Yes. I think you could probably find it. I just don't think either of us I've, have. I've looked. Oh, you've looked? But I have not discovered what it was. And that is interesting because usually you hear something about it. Um, I don't know. But we did have another text. Um, it was about the Jazz. Yeah, and I'll get to that in a little okay, bit. Okay, we'll get to that. I guess, I just I guess you f- skipped it for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to finish there our, our talk here with our predictions <laughs> and what we want to see on Saturday from Utah State. So, Jason, what's your what's your score prediction? How is this game going to end? So uh, I have it as 49-10 to 10 is the final score I have. Ooh. Jazz cover by just a little bit. Hey, Aggies. Yeah. You said jazz. Oh, jazz. Whoops. <laughs> They might need some help from the Jazz. <laughs> bring, call in anybody to come help them out. Bring in Walker Kessler, put him at center or something like there that. There you go. Play play center Target. in football along with center in basketball. Okay. <laughs> Alabama 49, Utah State University, Aggies of Utah State. <laughs> that, that's actually pretty 10. close to me. I, I, I had Alabama at 48 and Utah State at 13. Uh, I think they – do enough to get down the field, but not enough to punch it into the end zone and have to rely on a couple of field goals. You got him uh, getting once in the end zone, kind of like once. Me. You yeah. just have an extra one. Yeah. But um, I, I got 48 13. So pretty close on our uh, score predictions. Uh, what are yours? 435 339 0321. We'll get those. Also, our, get into our pick six, the six things we think might happen this weekend. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. We would like to welcome Prodigy Brewing to the heart of Logan. Cash Valley's first and only brew pub with family-friendly dining. With an upscale twist on classic brew pub fare and ingredients sourced as local as possible, they are thrilled to be part of the heart of Cash Valley. Bring the family and try their wood-fired pizza or their mouth-watering signature burger. Located on beautiful Center Street, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pizza, burgers, and brews. Mmm, tasty. Cash Valley, the Utah Wood Stove Changeout Program opens up February 1st. If you want to change out your wood fireplace or stove and replace it with a gas appliance, Advanced Fireplace and Stove can help. Receive up to $3,800 towards your new gas stove or fireplace insert. Idaho has a changeout program too. Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove take the chill out of winter with a new heat and glow insert or Vermont casting stove. Stop by their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Mountain West Motor is Logan's newest truck and SUV dealership. They're located at 615 North Main. Great selection of trucks and SUVs, specially customized for your next adventure, whether that's hauling trailers or just hauling kids. Go check them out and see what their inventory looks like right now at 615 North Main or MWMotor.com. All right, pick six time here on the Full Court Press. Jason, uh, you won again. So I, I once again give you preference if you want to go first or if you want to have me go first. I will let you go first. We'll, we'll alternate again. Okay. Uh, who plays a closer game on Saturday to their opponent, Utah State or Colorado State? Who's Colorado State playing? Michigan. Um, oh, that's tough. Um, I'll go call now. Now I'm gonna go Utah State. Okay, I'll go Utah State. 
I'm going to go Colorado State. Okay. Uh, Mountain West football wins this weekend. Setting the line at five and a half. I don't know who everyone's playing. <laughs> we don't have time for you to look them up. <laughs> That's not fair. Um, under. I'm going to go under. Okay, I'm going to take the over. I mean, there's some tough ones, but there are also some cheese. Yeah, ones. I know. There's going to be some cheese ones, and there's going to be some hard ones. I don't know how many of each there are. <laughs> okay. You're final, cheating. Final for me. Uh, i got to try to find a win somehow. Uh, final one for me. Dodgers are hosting the Padres on Sunday. Game will be on ESPN. Uh, Dodgers by two and a half runs. Um, take the under. I'm going to take the over. Okay. Okay. Uh, so talk about the, the point spread for the Utah State Alabama game. It's at 41 and a half. Both of us cut, thought that was a little high. So I'm going to alter it slightly. I may already have the answer based on your, my score predictions, but I put the new one at minus 36 and a half for Alabama. How much? Minus 36 and a half. All right. Your score prediction has Alabama winning by 35. True. So, so I may already have your answer. There. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under. Yeah, and so mine would put it at the over. Okay. So I'm gonna take that. So I kind of forced you into that one. Yes, you did. <laughs> It'd be weird to go for one and not the other. All right. Uh, points scored by. Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one of my backups instead. Because that one's we, that one's kind of all another one we kind of already determined. Um, over under total offense for Utah State, 210 yards and a half. Over under two hundred and ten and a half yards. Uh ooh, uh, that's a good number. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the under. Okay. Uh and then home runs hit by Albert Pujols in the Cardinals series with Chicago over the weekend, over under point five. Ooh, I like that. Uh versus the Cubs. Yeah, versus the Cubs. Point five? Yeah. I'm gonna and it's over uh, their series all weekend long. It's three games. Three games. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the under. Okay. And did you have a tiebreaker? I do have a tiebreaker. It's an interesting one. Predict the time when Alabama's quarterback Bryce Young will be pulled, never to come back in. Basically pulled for a blowout. Basically, it'll be determined the first snap taken when Young isn't at quarterback and he doesn't return. It's like their first offensive series. That point where they snap the ball. That's the time, whoever's closest to that time, you know, and if Bryce Young doesn't return at all, that'll be the time. Okay. And whoever's closest to that will win the tiebreaker. Okay. So pick quarter slash time. Okay, I'm going to say fourth quarter, uh, nine and a half. I'm going to say third quarter, three and a half. I should just go like fourth quarter, like right above you, but I'll be a little sporting <laughs> about it and say third quarter. Three three minutes, 30 seconds. Ooh, that's good. Uh, well, last couple of seconds here. We'll try to re- run through some of the texts and predictions. 2603, I predict 56 to 31 Alabama. I think our offense comes alive. Okay. 2787, 35 to 6 Alabama. Uh, 2947, sorry, that's a long text, but uh, we'll get to that one tomorrow. 2417, uh, Alabama 52, USU 17. Okay. Um, We'll get to some of those other uh, points to tomorrow. We'll carry that over with continued discussion about USU at Alabama and the uh, Region 11 football weekend.